I'm Christian Batter, and you're listening to Gut Talks. That's double G U double T. But this takes us back to kind of programming your brain into when you want to think about work or when you want to stop to get fresh again. It felt like, or the way you were talking is, you do think about work in trenches somehow, different parts of the day. Do you get to a point where you're like, at this point, I am not thinking about this. Okay, and you get your brain not, not to think. No, you're like, you're not allowed to think about this. Think about something else, do something else. Is that how you function somehow? Sometimes, sometimes I, I do that on purpose that I, uh, maybe I have, I don't know, late at night, I have lots of ideas and then I sketch them down and then I don't look at them. I let it rest. So, and okay. then maybe in another um, time of the day, I, I look at this again and make order and structure and, and kind of sift through mm-hmm. the brain dump. So these, I'm a psychologist, so I used to, I use these things actually, um, or try to use these things to to get a better result. But on the other hand, like um, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit less a perfectionist, and uh, the more experience you have, the more you can say it's like okay, now that's it. And of course, you can be improved and improved and perfectionized. And, and but I, I I know after all these years, a lot of stuff clients just don't appreciate. They don't you know see that extra twenty percent that went into it the the 120 percent they don't just see it so it's not uh it's not necessarily needed because if they don't see it they don't they don't implement it you know so it's just basically for the beauty of things but so and maybe another fun story that's more like the work process itself remote work or workation a lot so i i go to different places uh, around the world and work from there and uh, to make the best out of my time i've started to divide my work into work tools i need so i have my i have my to-do list and there is maybe a part that says uh, computer and internet so I need a shady place uh, somewhere. I need an internet connection. Um, so a shady place so I can see my my screen. Um, but then there is um, uh, maybe uh, there are other parts where you don't need internet. So then you can do this in a different place where you don't have internet. Sometimes it's about then writing emails or, or, or thoughts or so. And this can be easily done by dictating it in your phone. You can do that at the beach actually and then there are sometimes parts where you just need pen and paper to for ideas so i kind of started to divide my work into these phases where i need these tools and so you don't end up being in a nice place and spending all day indoors just do the things where it's appropriate or where the tools are enough some productivity hacks here actually i guess so so basically you're yeah, because you're traveling a lot. That's how you're. So you're cramming uh, the different types of activities, let's say, or things you need to get done yeah, into yeah. different chunks based on yeah. your based, environment around you. Based on the environment, based on needed tools. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, trying to understand how you function, actually, which is interesting how you put things together. So you said you, you travel a lot. I reached out to you when I saw one of your uh, posts on LinkedIn about designing a travel space. Maybe you can expand a bit on that. It was a project. Obviously, you work with different people on that one or different companies. What was the, well, first of all, just in a nutshell, what was it about? But what was the highlight for you? 
because you're this is taking you back to designing somehow quality of life because you do spend time in this kind of space so i'll let you expand on that <laughs> so it's a space that a lot of us know uh, and encounter every once in a while it's uh it's called an airport uh and uh, i guess most of us have times where we wish for better airport experiences, uh, more enjoyable, more relaxing, uh, because sometimes they seem to be all coming out of the same airport factory, uh, looking the same, functioning the same, processes are the same. Um, frustrations so, are the same. <laughs> frustrations are the same. So we were lucky enough to work on a project for a big American airport. Cannot say the name. Uh, of this one, um, but it was about kind of creating the passenger experience, the user experience for a new terminal. Uh, not only the terminal, but also the whole campus uh, and, and from the city, like what are future modes of transport that might play a role because you know it's all very much future phased. Uh, I think that terminal will open in, in I don't know, in, in five, six years or so. So it is tackling the whole experience, which starts from when you pack your things, you know, then because you need to know what what goes in what bag, what goes can can go in the plane, what's what's checked bags, and um, how do I get to the airport? What's convenient? I don't want to be there a great deal before and just waste my time, but I also don't want to miss my flight. That's a big tension. Wayfinding is a, is a big issue. Uh, and then often you have the same array of, of shops and you can just buy there. But there's so much potential also for airports to provide different sorts of entertainment or quality time uh, from, I don't know, a special, maybe a special seating area where you can actually, you know, open your laptop and work. Uh, I'm sure there are some people that it's worth the money to pay for that. It could be I don't know, a museum experience, it could be uh, watching a movie. So there's um, there's a great deal of call it quality of life to be brought to people. And it has to be done in a way that also it's beneficent uh, for the airport organization itself by having more frictionless processes. Uh, you don't want passengers to be late. And also like this, yes, it's the upsell because I mean, a big thing is like, you don't really choose your airport unless maybe it's uh, it's transfer, then maybe you have a choice. But other, other than that, uh, you fly from somewhere to somewhere. So you don't have a choice, but People appreciate it and they say like, ah, that's a really great airport. And it's also like a local icon can be, you know, so people from Amsterdam, they love their airport because it's very advanced in terms of user experience. And in my hometown, which is Berlin, people are not so super happy about their airports. Uh, well, it was a long story until it was finally finished. Uh, and then we get a pretty old airport already because it was planned I don't know 15 years ago and it's it's such a standard thing with lots of flaws and um, so it is an interesting task because this is where you can help a great deal of people and it's also very systemic and it's multi multimodal multi you know because design solutions can be spatial or can be a process or can be a digital app that helps you guide through it it's about personas, it's about customer journeys. It's like pretty much everything that I like is in such uh, in such a project. So how long was the project for? 
like your part at least you did research right i think it was yeah research and concepts we started with research um but we also got a lot of input um on from other sources but then we create we we just basically established a customer journey as it is and created a strategic direction for that um for the experience because there are different options do you want to be a people processor that's just focused on efficiency or do you want to have lots of local flavor and be the gateway to the hometown of the airport and then we created ideas so first of all like solutions for the current customer journey what needs to be better and where you need to pay attention uh, and then uh, actually like in as i said before like conceiving uh, kind of high level concepts high level ideas of how to how to solve that and all in all it was i think it was like four or five months okay were you there for that period of time or in- uh no actually it happened uh during the pandemic and it was uh, a great deal remote wow okay which was a pity because i think it was what is was really missing is like uh the experiencing the experience yourself because yeah. I sometimes I think I've, I'm 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 like a I don't know like a medium with all my antennas. I need to go through, and I guess I find things that way. So that unfortunately was possible because it was also like a great distance from Berlin to this airport. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it reminds me of like two projects. One was designing a space, like a shop, actually, commercial store in an upcoming mall so actually you don't you have no idea of what it's like but you can exactly. see the exist. mall yeah in another country but again it's completely different because it's like you know uh different desires wishes wishes like challenges whatever so that was one thing but at least i could see the mall being constructed but again when you have a store you know it's there and you have no choice but the other one was understanding how an aquarium works like a big aquarium and that's like <laughs> a lot of uh, things to explore when you're there so i can imagine like how an airport would be like because i mean there are so many things to look at it needs a lot just thinking about it i mean <laughs> you know what I, I think for airports i mean just talking to people you know sometimes you're in the same country like in the us for example and and i know like this for a fact from someone who told me shared this story where even if you're traveling within the same country and you have different layovers uh, or like transfers, you get checked all the time, but you're still in the airport. It's supposed to be safe anyway. But here you tap into all the regulations that like, what can you do, right? So it is, uh, it's, I can imagine this having been tough to do uh, online completely. But but it's like, again, I mean, and there's also cultural differences, but there are basic needs. I mean, uh, transparency is one need. So, you know, when you have an understanding of what is the procedure uh, and you can read it, you know, you can, you, you go there and can read what happens. Yeah. That helps a great deal for for your expectations and 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 for stress levels as well. Maybe one interesting thing we found that that the security check itself wasn't too stressful to people. Why? Because they know what's happening. You know, it is a stressful procedure in itself because um, you know you get you know you have to I don't know take off your shoes and it's you you are uh, scrutinized and all these things. But in terms of the the travel stress it wasn't too much because you know what's happening 
So it's more stressful to people who don't know what's happening. Yeah, I mean, that's another like podcast on its own because even the security check, I know like in Europe, I mean, let's say one country in Italy, you have three airports, but two main airports, let's see. Let's say one had the security check where you wouldn't need to take off your or take out your laptop or electronics or even water or drinks from the bag. Whereas the other airports, you still had to do that until they upgraded it but then you go to another airport like in europe like you travel and then um, after let's say passing through security checks successfully in italy let's assume you get to the uk with the same stuff but you're coming back you're flying back and then your backpack rings and you need extra checks and you and you have the same stuff in there right so you don't really understand how things work right so these are things that for me as a passenger i just don't understand why especially if you're in the same country or in the same economic zone like the eu right but again this is worldwide also why does your back bring in one place and not in another place and sometimes and i got i got this from um actually it was not a busy um it was not a, a busy day when i was there so um, they asked for extra check for my backpack. I had AirPods and I had earphones and they had to check my bag. So the security officer who was experienced told me, I really apologize for this, but we have new stuff here and they really like, they don't know yet. So if they have any doubt or whatever, they ask for security extra check. But this creates tons and tons of like delays for everybody. It is, it is true. But so. also, one thing I point like to point out is the spatial layout, um, because all airports more or less work the same. However, we had this wonderful airport in Berlin that is now closed, uh, Tegel, and it's it was from the sixties, was shaped like an octagon, and. What happened is that instead of it's a centralized process and people all go, th go through the same security lines within this octagon and like many, many different parts, we had the gates outside the octagon. And so instead of one centralized security check is more personal intensive, yes, but like every gate, you had a, a very short security check, a short line. Basically, you had the desk, you had right next to the check-in and then you had the waiting area. So the whole thing was within... I don't know, like uh, 20, 30 meters diameter, everything. So, and it was just specifically for your gate. And I found that very cool layout, super interesting. Inside the octagon were all the taxis and, and buses, not for the taxis. And so it was like the airport of the short walkways, basically, because it was a you were right at your gate and there's no time to be to be wasted with long waits. Um, I mean, yes, the downside is it's very personal and probably space intensive, mm -hmm. but it was like one of the, I think, in, at least in terms of this, like a very uh, user-friendly airport. And that's so just a spatial layout. Why did they shut it down? Like, is it because, um, I mean, obviously you have more passengers now than in the city. Yeah, it was a political decision. I mean, Berlin had three airports, uh, like uh, a very old and small one that's right in the city. Uh, and that wasn't feasible for larger airplanes anyhow. So they closed that in the, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or so mm -hmm. for um, public flights. Uh, and now it's closed completely and it's just a park, a nice park in the city. Big, big, big flat surface um, but then there was the old west and the old eastern uh, airport and uh, and so they said okay we make the decision to build a new one but therefore we're going to close the other existing ones 
And so um, then finally, yeah, there was a lot of lawsuits and I don't know, it was really complicated. It should have opened 12 years ago or oh, even, okay. and, and that was even with some delays. So I think it was already planned for, I don't know, mid of the first uh, decade of the 2000s to open. And then there were a lot of construction problems and it opened finally, I think like two years ago or so. So that was a big of a hassle. And well, that's a different story. Let's talk about that. <laughs> it starts with the gut. It ends with the gut. It's in your gut. Gut Talks. This is the end of this episode of this segment with Christian Batter. Thanks for listening and watch out for the next one.